A wonderful good morning to all of you. Uh, welcome to especially our visitors from uh, Germany and Canada. We are so glad that you have been able to make it to come to Zambia and we are glad that you are here. And whoever else is here and I may not know, uh, you're welcome. Well, today we want to study the Word of God once again. And my subject today is the work of the master craftsman. The work of the master craftsman. You see, whenever God has a job to do, he always has the right kind of people to do it. When God spoke to Moses uh, to build the tabernacle, and he gave him all the uh, you know, explicit descriptions of everything that needed to be made, uh, that was quite a, a, a job to, 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 be, to be completed. Uh, but God didn't just leave it to Moses, who may not have necessarily had the skills to make all the things that God asked him to, to oversee in making, but he actually equipped uh, craftsmen. And he made these craftsmen have all the necessary equipment, all the necessary gifts and talents in order to come up with the things that uh, God wanted uh, Moses to make. Now, that is exactly what God himself has been uh, doing when he created this world. And that's what we want to talk about today. You know, we want to talk about the work of the master craftsman. And uh, along the way, you will see who is the master craftsman. Now, let me read from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8 and verse 10. The Bible reads here, Choose my instructions instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For, the wisdom is more, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil, I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me, kings reign, and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern, and all nobles who rule the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses joy's silver. I walk in the ways of righteousness, along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me, and making their treasuries full. And verse 23, I've been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While while as yet 
he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits, so that the waters would not transgress his commands, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was besides him as a master craftsman. And I was his delight. I was, his, I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for your powerful word. Thank you, Lord, that you are in our midst, Lord. Thank you that you are using your word to bring us to new realities in, in our life with you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are going to lift some of the limitations which may, we all have as human beings. Lord, let's, let us see your wonderful works and let us be part of what you are doing in this world. May your name be glorified and may you bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we must uh, recognize that all creation originates from the wisdom of God. Okay, these things did not just happen anyhow, not by accident, not by coincidence. You know, I, I don't know how big the face of people can be who feel that everything has just exploded into being and there it was powerful and wonderfully uh, as we see today. No, no, it didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by coincidence. You know, everything that God makes, he makes it wonderfully and beautifully well. So we need to recognize that at the beginning of all things, there is always the creator. There's always God. Now, when we talk about the beginning, we talk about our beginning. We talk about the beginning of the plans of God for this world, for our creation. That does not mean it is the beginning of everything because definitely it's not the beginning of God because he is everlasting. And it also means that it's not the beginning of everything that God has been doing uh, from eternity past because he has created other uh, you know, creatures like the angel world and uh, spiritual realities that we do not fully understand. Okay, there we have limitations. The Bible talks about powers, principalities, and uh, you know, different layers of uh, responsibilities in the heavenly realms. Now, we don't know much about that except what God has spoken about in his words. And so we, we need just to understand that when we talk about God's creation, we may only understand a very small fraction of God's creation. Not even this universe do we fully understand because, you know, we are limited by the sizes of the telescopes we have. You know, when you go back a few hundred years uh, and the first people made their telescopes, they could see, you know, uh, a number of uh, different constellations of the stars, but that has ever increased, and especially in the last hundred years or in the last 
30 years even, when uh, we were able to, you know, send, uh, you know, huge telescopes like the Hubble Space Telescope into, into space, we have been able to penetrate much further into the universe uh, and see things that have not been seen by human eyes. But despite that, it is still just a fraction of what God has created. The creation of God is so much more vast and we cannot penetrate not even the physical world, let alone the spiritual world, because we have no clue what God has been able to come up with in his world. So what we require then, of course, is to have faith in the God who has created all things and trust him that all that he has made, he has made it for a good purpose. So wise people, therefore, need to make a choice. You know, the Bible tells here in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Now, that sounds amazing, okay? But the reality of this world is just the opposite. Okay, the opposite because people in this world, they run for money, they run for valuables, for possessions, and for gold and silver, and of late, of course, in Zambia has also found uh, gold. You know, people have been so much uh, after gold. Yesterday I was in a place, uh, and, and, and somebody approached me who recognized me, uh, and he says, oh, by the way, uh, I, I, I can offer you gold. And uh, I said, you know, I have got something more important than gold, okay? Uh, of course, people think gold is the ultimate, okay? It's a precious metal for sure, yes, and God uses gold to illustrate the values that are far beyond the values of this world. But then the Bible says that we should choose his instructions. That is the word of God, okay? We should listen to what God has been saying to us instead of silver because his knowledge is more valuable than the things that the world can offer to us. Now, uh, it's very interesting that uh, in this scripture, wisdom is speaking to us. You know, verse 12 says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. And the question is, who is wisdom? Okay, is wisdom a personality? Is wisdom a living being? And of course, that's when we need to do a study in scripture and find out that God has ways, uh, many ways to describe uh, his own nature. And of course, wisdom is not the wisdom of the world. There's a difference between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of the wise men of this world. But there is the wisdom of God that is stronger than everything this world has ever seen. Now, in the scripture, we are able to see a, a, a very powerful um, illustration. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 says... Jews demand miraculous signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. 
Of course, the wisdom they were looking for was not God's wisdom. It was always the latest idea in town. It was always the latest uh, philosophies that were coming up, and the Greeks were very much known for that. In fact, they are still known for that. Okay? So, the Jews demand for miracles. Okay? The Greeks are looking for the wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So already we have a hint here that, you know, God is the one who provides the power for miracles and God is the one who is the true wisdom. Not the wisdom of the Greeks that are always looking for a new philosophy that is going to stand for a while and then disappearing again, but for the true wisdom, the everlasting wisdom of God. So Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So when in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, I, wisdom, speak, okay? And we have seen here, wisdom speak. You know, I dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. Actually, it's pointing us to Christ. <clears throat> Let me read further in verse 20, 28. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 1, 28. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Very interesting, isn't it? Okay, so, you know, if you are, are hanging on certain things that are so beloved to you, that have become so important to you, you know, uh, things of this world, uh, maybe God will push them aside. And don't cry for them when God pushes them aside because God is going to do something new, something fresh, something that was not yet in existence. He brings something forth into being. And so the Bible says he, he is to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Okay? I think we, we have a lot of boasting, you know, like uh, uh, there is a magazine called the Forbes magazine that publishes every year uh, who are the richest people in this world. Okay, a lot of boasting going on. People are rising, people are falling, you know. Uh, uh, people have got money and they have more money and more money, you know, and more possessions. Uh, there's a lot of boasting. And God says, I will push this aside. To me, this is nothing, God says. Okay? Because no one should ever boast about the things that we have or we have achieved. It is because of him, that is because of our God, that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. Okay, so who is wisdom? Wisdom is Christ. Christ is wisdom. Okay. That is our righteousness our holiness and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So clearly, all creation originates from the wisdom of God. God in his wisdom made plants, uh, very detailed plants. You know, everything 
that we see in our creation has been well planned. I mean, look at the human being. We are very complex beings, and God has created us with great love. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that he has knit us together in our mother's womb. And uh, then he talks about the dark places in whom he has prepared us. That means he has made uh, a plan for our lives even long before we were in our mother's wombs. So clearly, God has a mighty and powerful plan for every single one of us. And we should understand, like with the theme of our year, that he is God. And whatever he has planned, that he will accomplish, that he will do. Okay? So we, we need to understand that God is an amazing God who brought all of creation into being. Okay? And he brings it into being because he is working hand in hand, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, God is not going against his word when God says that in the multitudes of many counselors there is, there is success, there is wisdom, then he also does that because, you know, he has been able to do all of creation together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that there was a certain role that was given to Christ, calling himself wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Let me show you this in the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So the reason that we are living, the reason of our creation, the reason of this world is because God created it. He had a purpose for it and he has a plan that he is going to accomplish with this creation. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Again, we have a description of uh, Christ, okay? He is the living word. So Christ is the word, Christ is the wisdom of God, you know? So we see Christ having been eternal from, from you know, ancient times. He has been always in the presence of the Father. And so the Bible says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Again, in John chapter 1, it says, Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shines into darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So clearly, we understand that when wisdom speaks, it is not, or it's no longer mysterious, because we have seen that Christ is the wisdom of God. Okay? Christ is the one who says, I, wisdom, 
dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. So before creation started, God threw up fantastic plans about everything that he was to make. Now if the plans for the physical world already are fantastic, okay, and we know that the physical world is a limited world. It's a world with three dimensions. It's a world that gives room to us human beings, and even us human beings, we are, we are limited. You know, uh, yesterday I, I, I wrote something, uh, and, and I was saying, you know, when we look at our eyesight, we have limitations, okay? First of all, our eyes may not be as, as sharp as the eagles or as the buzzards who can be able to see a rapid moving from three kilometers in, in a distance. Or the eagle who can see UV light, okay? We can't see that. And so they can be able to see traces of, of animals even where they have been. Also, our angle has a limitation. You know, uh, we, are, we, are, we are learning that we have got about a comfortable angle of view of about 120, maybe 140 degrees, but a comfortable uh, angle when you look in one direction of 120 degrees, okay? Of course, you can turn your head and you see another 120 degrees, or you can turn around, you see all the 360 degrees, but when you are focusing on one side, you can only see one third of the reality that is there, okay? That's why we need each other. Okay, because if there's a danger behind me, if there's a black mamba standing behind me ready to strike, I will not know, but you will know. Okay, because you can see. You can tell me, hey, <laughs> jump. <laughs> you get my point. So we need each other. Okay, God has put us together as a family and we need one another. And we learn from uh, scripture that there is power in being together. You know, that's why the Bible is talking about the master craftsman who was working in unison with the Father and also the Holy Spirit. Okay? We have limitations. And God actually created us with this limitation in the physical world. Okay? For instance, our hearing is only limited between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Okay? Everything beyond that, above or below, we can't hear. An elephant can hear sounds that are 20 times lower than what we can hear. Okay? A dolphin or a bat, okay, bats which we don't like. Or do you like them? Because they can mess up the place, eh? Uh, and and, and they're, they're a little bit strange, you know? But bats, you know, who are hanging upside down on the trees, you know, they hear sounds up to 100,000 hertz. Our hearing stops at 20,000. They, they are able to hear up to, up to 100,000. A dog can hear 30 up to 50,000 hertz. Okay? Dolphins can hear more and, 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 and bats can hear uh, up to 100,000. Imagine, this is, this is uh, heights of, of sounds that we cannot hear. Of course, it's good, on the other hand, that we cannot hear everything that is in the, in the, in the uh, sphere, okay, because otherwise you would, you would drive nuts, you know. Imagine all the waves that are 
in our air, you know, the microwaves, you know, the, the wireless waves of, of uh, telephone communication, mobile te telephone communication and so on. And you know, we know that there are different bandwidths, you know, there's megahertz, there's gigahertz, you know, and, and all of these are sounds. But we can't hear them. Okay? Praise God. Otherwise, you know, imagine you could hear all the signals of uh, the radio waves or the signals of the TV waves, you know, you, you, you would just have to uh, stop your ears and try to uh, get rest. So God created us in a very wonderful way, you know, enough for us to be who we are. Now, understand, the same is true with the perception of the plans of God. We know as much as we have learned about our universe, and we are still learning about that, if, if you want to learn more about it, you know, there's almost every day something fresh coming to Google which you can find out, but it's still very limited, okay? The Bible says in the last day, knowledge will increase, and for sure it does. Knowledge does increase, but even if it increases for another 100 years, it will still not even scratch the surface of God's creation, Okay? So we know little about the creation of God of the physical world and much less do we know about the plans of God in the spiritual worlds. So that means we need to listen carefully to the word of God. We need to have revelation from above in order for us to catch the things of God. So God has these wonderful plans and these plans, they are not just plans, but they are beginning uh, to be fulfilled, you know, or let's say they have been begun to be fulfilled from the very time creation started up to our days and even in the future to come. If you just read the book of uh, uh, Revelation, you find that there is talk about New Jerusalem. It's not yet there. Today there's an old Jerusalem in the Middle East, but the New Jerusalem has nothing to do with that city. It's a pattern, it's a metaphor, okay, that is speaking about something greater yet to come. So the Bible gives us evidence which is undergirded by fulfilled prophecy about the plans of God. Amazing, okay? If you just read only one book, the book of Isaiah, you will read about the coming of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, the child that is being born, uh, the sheep that is going to the slaughter. You know, you read about Christ so much that it can give you a full picture because God said it hundreds of years before it actually happened. You know, uh, uh, Isaiah lived about 700 years before Christ and all of this was already spoken about at that time. So God has foreseen all of creation because he planned it and he fulfills everything according to his perfect plan. Things don't happen by accident. They happen by the plan of God. So God has foreseen all the beauty, but he has also foreseen the failure of man to walk in the ways of God. Now you may ask, why did God then make man well, the answer is very simple. Because God wanted to make man. God loved man. And God has a plan with man. And even if 
there is a need of salvation. God was willing to pay the price for that salvation. And that's why Jesus, the Bible says, was crucified even before the foundation of the world because before the foundation of the world, Christ was willing and ready to become the sacrifice that was ready to shed his own blood by becoming a human being, by living as a human being, and then dying at the cross of Calvary. All this was planned. Now, why did man have to fall? Well, it's simple because, you see, if God made man to be a robot, then he could not have been someone who receives love and can give love. Okay, human beings are making robots these days. I'm sure you have seen some on, the, on TV. Okay, I think some of them are now around even here. And you know, they can even be made to talk to you. Okay, they can serve you. They can do all kinds of things. But don't expect them to love you because they don't know what love is. Okay, they are programmed to say certain things depending on what they are supposed to do. Okay, for, their, for instance, robots in the manufacturing industry, they don't say anything. They just put things together. But then there are robots like in old people's homes who are coming to serve uh, the people in the, in the old people's homes. And they say, hello, how are you? Okay, but they're robots. They don't know love. They don't know what love is all about. And so God did not want to make us robots. He wanted to make us like he is himself. He made us in his own image and likeness so that we can receive his love and that we can give his love. Okay, that is the desire that man has. And in fact, the Bible tells us that when God created this world, and here I want to come to the, to the concept of the master craftsman. Okay, let me just go back to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 29 and verse 30. The Bible says, when he assigned to the sea its limits, so that the waters would not transgress his command. Okay, we understand every ocean has limits. Okay, every sea has limits. Okay, sometimes when there is a lot of rain, it may go up a little bit, but uh, basically there are limits. God has created those limits. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. So in other words, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they made plans. Okay, just like Moses was receiving a plan for the tabernacle on the mountain of God, and God says, now go down and make everything the way I've told you. And of course, Moses was not able to make those things as he had seen it. So that's why God gave him craftsmen. Okay? that they were able to put the plan into practice. And uh, God made a plan. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they made uh, a plan together. The one God in three different personalities made those wonderful plans that we see God putting into practice today. But then there was the craftsman. 
And that was Christ, the craftsman, who was putting all things into being. As we have seen, nothing that was made was made without him. All things were created by him and for him. Amazing. So Christ is the craftsman. And the Bible says, and I was daily his delight. Okay? So Christ was bringing into being the things that were on the plan and God the Father, God the Holy Spirit were delighted about seeing the things come to pass. Not only things in general, but rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. So in other words, you know, God created all the creatures, all the animals. Okay, and the world is full of animals. You know, the variety in the world is totally amazing. then we see that God says, and my delight was in the sons of men. Okay, so God was not only delighted in creating elephants and rhinos and hippos and dolphins and whales and, you know, all of the other uh, creatures in the air or in the water or on the, on the ground, but he was now also talking about his delight in mankind in the human beings okay and he says and my delight was in the sons of men okay this is us and you know God was delighted to create us he was making us beautifully wonderfully well as you can read uh, in Psalm 139 God was rejoicing in making us and God is rejoicing in seeing us being transformed into his likeness even today. So the, the master craftsman is still around. Okay, when we have been falling into darkness, when we have been living in sin, God is coming back as the master craftsman and he's transforming our lives into who he wants us to be. We can't transform ourselves. You know, when you're in a ditch, you can't pull yourself out. You can't pull yourself at the hair and... And, and, and you come out, you know, like a fable uh, in our country says. Especially for those of you who have no hair, you're in trouble, you know. But even us who have got hair, you can't pull yourself on the hair, you know, because when you're in the ditch, you need somebody else to come and rescue you. And that someone is Christ. He came to rescue us. And he is the one who transforms us and changes us so that we are made complete in his own image and likeness. That's the way he originally created us. But then sin has destroyed that image of God in us. Sin has destroyed so much of what we were supposed to become or supposed to be. But when Christ died on the cross of Calvary, he brought us salvation. He brought us transformation. And he is the master craftsman in our life. Whether you see him or not is not the issue, but he is the master craftsman who is on our side and who is going to make sure that we are going to be changed so that we reflect the nature of God, the, na the nature of Christ in our life. In Job chapter 9 and verse 8, we find a very amazing scripture. And you know, Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. But even then, there was so much revelation. 
The Bible says here in Job 9:8, He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and the Orion and the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. Now, those of you astronomers, those of you who understand the, the stars, you will understand what the, who is the bear and who is the Orion, and the Pleiades, okay? and the constellation of the south. And then the Bible says he performs wonders that not con cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Now listen carefully, verse 11. The Bible says, when he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. So in other words, God is the master craftsman, or Christ is the master craftsman next to us. You may not perceive him, you may not see him, but he's there. He's the one who is forming us, he's forming our circumstances. Okay, sometimes you say, why did these things have to happen? Why did, you know, these things disappear, or these things get destroyed? And sometimes God destroys things that are so dear to us because they hinder us to come to the living God. So that he builds something of eternal value. Because the things of this world have no eternal value. The gold, the silver, the rubies, all of these have got no eternal values. These are just pointers to the valuable things of the heavens. But we need to understand that God's master craftsman is busy working in our life, in your life, in my life, in order to bring out eternal values. Values that can never be destroyed in all eternity to come. So the Bible is very clear that we need the work of the master craftsman. He, mean, he needs to be our wisdom. He needs to be our counsel. And I think this is very, very important for all of us. You know, nobody should live without counsel, without advice. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 22 says, Plans go wrong for the lack of counsel or for the lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Hey, powerful words, isn't it? So, you know, all of us, we need counsel. We need wisdom. And it's important for us to seek counsel Number one, from the word of God, because here God is speaking, Christ is speaking to us. But also, listen to the fathers in the face. Listen to those who have gone ahead of us. You know, the Bible talks about advice to the fathers who are supposed to give counsel to the, to the young men and the children. And you know, this is one of the instructions in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, that the fathers need to teach their children every single day. Okay? That is counsel, that is wisdom that we require. Psalm 33 verse 11 says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. Okay? The plans of mankind can be here today, gone tomorrow. And I'm sure you have heard how many plans have gone wrong. I mean, just one very, you know, recent uh, event. 
I'm sure all of us, as we have heard about uh, the, the fiasco we have seen in Afghanistan, okay? America and the allies of uh, America have gone to Afghanistan to try and build a new, uh, a new kind of uh, uh, world order, okay? A new administration. And of course now everything has gone back again. I'm not saying it was useless because a lot of people were able to live uh, uh, during that time in peace and a lot of women who were not able to get educated before they have been educated. But now the whole mission has failed. And almost overnight they have been running away from uh, Afghanistan and now all the allies have, uh, have, have come out. And of course, people are blaming each other, you know, whose fault it is that this thing was not working well. Okay? If they would have just studied history, they would have seen that the same thing they did was already done by the Russians uh, some years earlier. And they did the same thing. They occupied this country. They were there for, I think, 20 or something odd years. And then eventually they had left in disgrace. If they had learned from that lesson, they may not have made the same mistake. Okay? You see, it's always bad to have hindsight because at hindsight, you always say, oh, I wish I never would have done this. Isn't it? You know, hindsight makes us always more clever than foresight, you know, is required for us to do the right thing before it even happens. And that's why we need the input of God because God gives us foresight so that we do things in the right way. So let us understand, God provided us with a blueprint of success. Okay, number one, first of all, draw up your plans. Okay, when you have drawn up your plans, find the craftsmen who are able to put these, these plans into reality. And then see how the plans will be able to unfold and become what you wanted them to be in the first place. And you know, this is why we must not just make our own plans, we must always base our plans on the plans of God. Because then they can't fail. Of course, we are humans, and sometimes we may misunderstand the plan of God. Sometimes we may have our own perceptions. And that's why it is so important that we have advisors, that we have counsel, that we speak into each other's lives. Okay, that's why it is so important that, you know, I have people who are looking at me, who are seeing my black spots, which I can't see, and tell me there's a problem behind you. Okay, because my focus is only, or my, my angle of vision is only 120% comfortably. Okay, I, I can't shift my head like this every, every moment. I'll get dizzy on fall. Am I right? Have you ever tried to see 360% all the time? It's not possible. Okay, how long will you do that? It's not, it's not feasible. So that's why we need to have advice. Okay? And God wants us to have that advice to bring to us the treasures that he has prepared for us. You know, you have heard a lot about prosperity. And, you know, prosperity, prosperity wrongly understood is making people poor. What am I saying? Some people get extremely rich and others, the majority gets extremely poor. You know, the people who are stealing 
they make themselves rich beyond uh, imagination. But the majority is suffering because the few are trying to become prosperous on the account of, of, the, of the many. But let me read again what the Bible says. Okay? The Bible says in verse 15 of Proverbs 8, By me kings reign, rulers make laws that are just. Okay? We need, we need such advisors who advise in the wisdom of God. Okay, so that we don't see happening what happened uh, the last 10 years in our country. Where some people enrich themselves beyond belief and others see the kwacha coming to almost nothing. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. Okay? We have seen our kwacha from eight kwacha to a dollar going to 22 kwacha to a dollar in the space of about 10 years. How's that? But the Bible says here, you know, wisdom makes kings reign in, 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 in that wisdom and they make laws that are just because of that advice. By me, princes govern and nobles who rule on earth. Now, verse 17, listen carefully. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. Okay? If you want wisdom, you can find it. It's not difficult, just seek for it. Verse 18, with me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. Okay? A lot of people are looking for that in monetary forms. When the Bible talks about enduring wealth, it's not necessarily only monetary form. It could be, but it's much more than that. So the Bible says, with me are riches and honors, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses joy silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the path of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. Wow, isn't that powerful? So God wants us to succeed and God doesn't want a few people succeed because they are good in, in stealing, but he wants all of us to succeed. And you know, we need to pray for our leaders, that there are leaders who receive wise counsel, wisdom from God, so that all of us will be lifted up, so that Zambia as a whole will be benefiting from that kind of leadership, from the wisdom of God. That's what we need to pray for. That's what we need to seek. So God says, seek me and you'll find me. It's not difficult. Okay? The advice is there. The wisdom is there. God is standing by. The question is, are we calling on him? So understand, God has given us this blueprint of making, you know, following the footsteps of God who planned everything in great detail. And you know, when you're reading the scriptures uh, that I've put on the bulletin, you see how God 
is speaking about things that have now scientifically proven. You know, people along the way, along the medieval ages, they believed all kinds of different things because they didn't understand. But today we know that what the Bible says is exactly true. Okay? The Bible talks about the primal dust of the world. In fact, the scientists talk about the primal dust of the world now. Okay? Because the primal dust is what is all over the universe. Okay? Planets have been formed from primal dust. And there was a time when primal dust didn't exist, so God made it. Then the Bible talks about how he was creating the world. Okay, he talks about the circle of the earth. You know, there was a time when, when uh, people were taught by leaders that the earth is flat. Okay, and if you walk far enough that there comes an edge where you can fall down into hell. Okay. And when the first man discovered that the earth is round, he was excommunicated from the church because he didn't want to accept that truth. Okay, that is a sign of lacking wisdom. Okay, so we need to have open minds and open ears to hear the counsel of God, the wisdom of God who guides us every step on our way. So when we seek him, we'll find him. He is waiting to swing into action in our personal lives, even in our nation. But he requires our invitation. He doesn't come by force. He doesn't come because, you know, he forces his way into our lives uh, in order to do what he wants to do. No, he is only coming by invitation. That's why he says, "Who he who seeks him, finds him. Okay? We need to put aside the things of great value in this world and saying, my desire is for your word. As scripture says, choose my instruction. Okay? Instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. We need to put his values above everything else. So God is around us. The Bible says in Psalm 104, he wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. Again, uh, an indication of God's creation. Okay, like a tent. A tent is always like a dome, isn't it? And God has stretched his heavens out like a tent. And he talks about the upper chambers and, and things like that, I mean, we could actually go into details there, but our time will not allow today. Okay? Amazing things that God brings to light in his words. His creation is fantastic. Amazing. And we need to learn more about what God has done. The Bible says the plans of God stand firm forever and when we stand on the plans of God we will see that he will be able to make these plans become reality in our own lives because he enjoys the lives of men remember the Bible is very clearly saying that as, as 
creatures and as human beings were, were made, God was delighted. The master craftsman was delighted in seeing all these things come to pass. So God is the God of miracles that cannot be counted, as Job tells us in, uh, in Scripture. Okay, in Job chapter 9 and verse 10. He performs wonders, then it cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. And of course, he is a reality in our lives, even if we cannot see him. As he said, when he passes by, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. But he is there. Jesus said, I will not leave you nor forsake you as long as this earth stands. Okay? He said, I will send you my spirit to be with you forever. He's our counselor. He's our guide. It leads us into all truths. And therefore, let me close with this powerful word from the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. You know, why should we not lean on our own understanding? Because it has limitations. We cannot understand not even the physical world, let alone the spiritual world. So do not lean on your own understanding. Thank God we can understand a lot of things. We are being trained from childhood up to, you know, uh, our age. You know, I've been uh, learning continuously. I've not stopped learning since I've left school or college. You know, I've continued learning. But then it's limited, isn't it? And that's why we should not lean on our own understanding but in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Okay, so the plans of God should come to materialize in our life. And they cannot materialize by our own understanding, by our own, by our own wisdom. We need the wisdom of God to be there. So in all your ways, submit to him, and that means submit to his plans. Submit to his will, submit to his advice, submit to his wisdom, okay? Because then your ways will be made straight according to the plan of God. Do not be wise in your own eyes, okay? You see, let me just uh, say this quickly, you know, criminals, they are wise in their own eyes. Okay, there are, I have read stories about criminals who were planning the perfect crime. Okay, something which would make them rich and would never catch them. You know, no, no law enforcement would ever catch them and put them into prison. But that's a fallacy. Crime is foolishness. You know, crime will always fail. Okay, they may be succeeding in some ways, but eventually it will always fail. Because, you know, criminals, they don't ask for wisdom. Okay, they don't ask for advice. Because if they are asking you, you know, how to do the perfect crime, then they know, they, 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 then they will be discovered. Isn't it? So they are wise in their own eyes. 
But if you are not sure about crime, whether it pays or not, you can join some of our brothers to go to, to prison. Okay? And they will tell you stories of how they have done the perfect crime. And now they are sitting behind bars. Some of them are just lucky because, uh, you know, the death sentence is not carried out in Zambia. Otherwise, they would be in the grave. Okay? So there is no such thing like a perfect crime. So these are people who are wise in their own eyes. And let us avoid that, you know. If something is not straight, forget about it. Shelf it. Throw it away. If you plan something that is good, keep planning it, but get advice. Let people speak into your life. Let them give you direction. Let the wisdom of God be heard because then you can be able to tweak it in the right way so that it will succeed. Amen? Because God wants us to succeed. Crime will never succeed. Even if you, you know, and there are some criminals who gotten away with, with their crimes, made, they're rich and they're hiding somewhere in the world, but they can't even go and see their relatives because the moment they go to see their relatives, they're being, they're being whisked away and uh, arrested. So is that success? Okay? Is it success when you're on, on, the, on the hunt, when you're always in hiding? You know, no matter how much money you have, that cannot be success. Okay, that's why, you know, we need advice, good advice. And any wrongdoing will be cut out if we are listening to good advice, godly advice. So do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your first, first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim uh, over with new vine. Praise God. Are these not good words? So God has given us a master craftsman in our life to make us transform, to make us be pleasing to the sight of God, to make us fulfill the very desire that God had for each and every one of our lives. So God is not wasting time. Okay, sometimes you are becoming very, uh, very uh, tense because things don't work out the way you thought they should work out. But uh, if they don't work out, just praise the Lord. Maybe he still has to work through some things in your life or in my life, in our life, uh, that need to be done before we can be what God wants us to be. Brothers and sisters, today I want to tell you, there is the master craftsman in your life, in our lives. He's around. You may not see him. When he passes, you may not recognize him. You may not perceive it, but he's there. He's busy working in you and me. He's busy making us reflecting the nature of God, reflecting the glory of God, so that, you know, when the time comes, we are ready for the presence of our gods. God gives us direction, gives us wisdom. And Jesus said, I will send you the Spirit who is leading you into all truths. Okay, the truth is right here. 
And God is leading us into that truth through his spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. We, will not know, we may not know how he is appearing in our, in our families, in our nation, in our life. But once in a while we see evidence of that very clearly. Isn't it? Thank God we have seen a remarkable, a remarkable transformation in our country without upheavals. You know, in other countries which are supposed to be much more exemplary to the world, it wasn't like that. Okay? So we thank God. So he is there. We may not see him, but the master craftsman is doing his work. And so let us allow him to continue his work in our lives, in our families, in our nation, in our church, because he desires to do the perfect work that will be a blessing to every single one of us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, I want to thank you for your marvelous plans. Thank you for all that you have planned and that you have brought into reality and the things that are still yet to be coming into being. The things that are still yet to be fulfilled in the future. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to live at such a time as this. And thank you, Lord, that we can become aware of you, Christ Jesus, our master craftsman. You who makes us to be as you want us to be. Just like you have told Moses to make the tabernacle according to your plan. It could only happen because you gave him master craftsmen that made this tabernacle become what you wanted it to be. And Lord, thank you that you have given us Christ as our master craftsman who makes us be formed, be transformed, be shaped according to your perfect will. So Lord, I pray for your guidance for your blessings in all our lives and Lord we pray for our nation Lord we want to have your wisdom prevail in this nation we want to have your counsel prevail in this nation so that Lord we can see the prosperity that you have been talking about in your word come to Zambia Zambia Lord is a wonderful country you love a country that you have blessed a country that you have endowed with a lot of riches. So Lord, let now this prosperity really become reality for everyone. Not just for a few who are trying to run away with their wealth. Lord Jesus, we look up to you. And we thank you, Lord, for your guidance, for your love and kindness. So Lord, let your blessings be upon all of us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.